Uh-oh, Jim, we can't hear you, or I can't hear you. Can't hear you, Jim. Can you hear me? You're there. All yours, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. <clears throat> so Appreciate patience. Um, today's topic, the simplicity of salvation. Now, the simplicity for salvation is found in chapter 31 under the characteristic title, The Final Vision. Um, page 645 is, is where that starts. And uh, there's a there's a paragraph, and it's on page six forty seven, and it's paragraph eight. So we're jumping right to paragraph eight, page six forty seven of the text. That's chapter thirty one, and then. Um, would somebody would somebody mind reading that paragraph? Would, Tim, would you mind reading that? Paragraph eight, page six forty-seven. Yep, six forty-seven. Six. The outcome. The outcome of the lesson that God's son is guiltless is a world in which there is no fear, and everything is lit with hope and sparkles with a gentle friendliness. Nothing but calls to you in soft appeal to be your friend and let it join with you. And never does a call remain unheard, misunderstood, nor left unanswered in the self-same tongue in which the call was made. And you will understand it was this call that everyone and everything within the world as always made, but you had not yet perceived it as it was. And now you see you were mistaken. You had been deceived by forms the call was hidden in, and so you did not hear it, and had lost a friend who always wanted to be part of you. The soft, eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole is heard throughout the world this second lesson brings. Thanks, Tim. Uh, just a little preface to the, what, they're, what they're talking about, the two lessons, lesson one and two is obviously the ego and the Holy Spirit's uh, call, different call. So um, that's what it's referring to in that, in that um, last sentence there. Um, so, 
We're going to jump right back to, uh, if we will, back to page 309 of the text. And the chapter heading is Practicing the Holy Instant. Practicing the Holy Instant, page 309 of the text. Now, the... The, the very first paragraph that comes out, it says, this course is not beyond immediate learning unless you believe that what God wills takes time. So in the, in the interest of, of simplicity of salvation, it, it really is only our construct and our limits that we say that, well, you know, we have to study it for a while or we have to do something or something has to happen that in, in fact, the course, the course states emphatically right there that it could be learned right now, that, that you could accept atonement right now. And, and so um, the, the thing that oftentimes gets in the way, and we're going to learn in, in here in this paragraph is uh, we mistake or we, we create, our, our resistance can come up in many ways, obviously, uh, myriad of ways. So our resistance can come up and then it looks like, oh, the course is, the course is too difficult. It asks too much. The course is, is complicated. I have, to, I have to read chapter 17 before I can understand 18. And in fact, the, 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 <laughs> the logic of, the way the course is written and the perfect poetry is it's composed. It is meant each, each part can be a succinct and whole portion of um, atonement really. And I'm sure we've all had that experience where you're reading a section and you're thinking, man, this is, this is it right here. This is everything. You know, it's like, I don't need to go even further. I, where you get it all in one particular idea where where you get full realization and you understand what atonement is if maybe only intellectually but but it all it, it's all right there and that's that's the beautiful part of it it's it's not you know i i i always compare it to learning of the world of course which is everything builds on it builds on a step well unlearning or as the course has it can be experienced directly immediately. And, and that's what that says right there. Um, this course is not beyond immediate learning unless you believe that what God wills takes time. And this means only that you would rather delay the recognition that his will is so. The holy instant is the instant and the holy instant is this instant and every instant, this instant, and this instant, this instant, and every instant, the one you want it to be, it is. The one you would not, the one you would not have it be, is lost to you. You must decide when it is. Delay it not, for beyond the past and future, where you will not find it. It stands in shimmering readiness for your acceptance. 
yet you cannot bring it into glad awareness while you do not want it, for it holds the whole release from littleness. So our resistance is the, is the only thing that's keeping us from experiencing total peace, total love, the end of conflict. That's our, that's, that's the only thing between us and having that experience of the holy instant. Um, paragraph two, your practice must therefore rest upon your willingness to let all littleness go. Now this is particularly a great line, line two, the instant in which magnitude dawns upon you is but as far away as your desire for it. The instant in which magnitude dawns upon you is but as far away as your desire for it. As long as you desire it not and cherish littleness instead, by so much is it far from you. By so much as you want it, it as you want, it will bring you, it will bring it nearer. Think not that you can find salvation in your own way and have it. Give over every plan you have made for your salvation in exchange for God's. Our will for God's will. His, his will content you and nothing else can bring you peace. For peace is of God and no one beside him. I think of that particular lesson. There is no peace but the peace of God. In reading that. Anybody have anything? Whatever I can. Can you hear me okay? Am I echoing? No, yeah, it's good. I only echo for Tony, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the, I mean, I, I was thinking about the way we, I cherish littleness and, um, you know, normally I don't, I mean, we don't think consciously or I don't think consciously that holding a judgment is cherishing littleness. I, I could go as far as uh, probably admitting my judgments are, are kind of little, <laughs> but it doesn't look like I'm cherishing them. And then, and then on top of that, I think my judgments are just under the surface are the way I achieve salvation. That's my, my plan for salvation is if I judge what is robbing me of peace and then I take care of it, um, then I'll feel better. That's, the, that's why cherishing littleness is, um, is uh, what I'm invested in. Tony's going to do a class tomorrow on her, her investments. But my plan is that I'm invested in my judgments because my judgments, I believe, I believe without admitting it, will bring me to some kind of salvation. So I was just thinking about the ways we cherish littleness. Cherish my will over God's will, but my will is always about judgments. Is 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 what I have to remind myself when I'm reading something like this. 
what can you say to the basically you know you're in salvation of the body surely keeping a judgment going is a, is definitely a win for for the body's version the ego's version of salvation because i'm judging what what affects me as as a body like if i can deal with that if i can judge what it is that i think is robbing me of my peace then the way i get salvation is you know special love trade for it or special hate keep keep what's robbing me of my peace away from me but it's just reading a couple of paragraphs like that it's like i have to stop and think about how do i cherish my littleness what is my littleness and why would i cherish that and wasn't that the lesson like just yesterday is like that your your job is in this in the goal of atonement your job is if if god is your goal is to just constantly look at that at at your temptations yeah and you know we think of temptations like you know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> chocolate cake or something but i mean he's talking about the temptation the judge it always goes back to the judgments. We don't look like we're being tempted to judge, but just watch the news at night and try not to judge. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty difficult. Pretty difficult. Ross, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I'm Right, right on board with, uh, you know, uh, judgment. I mean, the, the job is forgiveness. So it's like, don't just, you know, I said it yesterday, don't do anything else. If you try to help, you're just going to screw it up. So just do forgiveness. That's, that's undo, don't do. He's, he spells it out very clearly, just undo. And as long as you follow that and just turn everything else, I think of the Holy Spirit as my deepest truth and knowledge. And that deepest truth and knowledge lives outside of time and space. I have no access to that. So trusting in that would be a real good idea. It's like I'm a fish in a fishbowl trying to imagine life without water. I can't do it. So, so I have to trust the Holy Spirit who has, it's part of my mind, but he's the one, you know, he, it's part of my mind, but the metaphor we use is, is it's a he. So he's outside the fishbowl looking in saying, yeah, you don't need water. You don't need time and space. And uh, so I don't know if that's off topic, but, you know, it's just stay out of the way. You're in your own way. Don't think it takes time, you know. Don't think it takes anything. It takes undoing everything you thought you knew, and then you it'll appear for itself. The Holy Spirit will present it to you. So, I don't know. Yeah, it, anything, the anything would definitely just be a distraction or a delay, which we're doing purposely, purposive, the, the anything that we would think we would do to help salvation would would just be our purposive way to delay it and keep us in pain. 
I came up with a metaphor. It's like uh, we're trying to climb a ladder with 50 pounds of sin, guilt, and fear out of hell where the ladder's hot and steamy and slippery. And Jesus is saying, hey, I've got the Jesus, the Wonka Vader, the Jesus Vader right over here. It's got 365 buttons. <laughs> I've got the Holy Spirit as your elevator operator. He'll say, floor number one is things have no meaning. Floor number two, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Climb in the elevator. <laughs> it's much easier. <laughs> And yet we want to climb. No, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to climb this ladder. <laughs> well, I was thinking along with what Ross was saying, one of the ways we try to help Jesus is he's not really good at judging the way we do. So we're going to help him with his judgments. <laughs> I'll let you know what you should be judging, Jesus, because you're not doing it quite right. <laughs> he doesn't have enough background to judge my life. <laughs> He doesn't know all the details. And by the way, my understanding is going to really help too. Because I'm going to study this course and really understand the Holy Spirit. And then you watch out. I'll be judging him. Yeah, your unique, pers you, your unique perspective is going to take it to the next level. Yeah. yeah, definitely understand that one definitely understand that <clears throat> well Monica do you have anything okay so oh we're thinking about the simplicity of salvation compared to the simplicity of sin like I know who sinned <laughs> it's simple <laughs> ask me I'll tell you who's sinning <laughs> yeah yeah, and they're going to hell for it. So, um, chapter 31 is titled The Final Vision. And, you know, like I said, you know, before, whenever you get one of these titles with alliteration in it and in the course, you know, you're, you know, you're onto something, right? The simplicity of salvation. So, <clears throat> the final vision. Um, how simple is salvation? All it says, what was never true is not true now and never will be. The impossible has not occurred and can have no effects. And that is all. Can this be hard to learn by anyone who wants it to be true? And of course, this again, just caches our, our willingness as, the, as that's the barometer there is like, it's, it's, you know, it is pretty straightforward. It is as straightforward as you get and as laid out as well as, as you know, as it can be. Um, only unwillingness to learn it could make such an easy lesson difficult. How hard is it to see that what is false cannot be true? What is false cannot be true. How hard is, um, you can no longer say that you perceive no differences in false and true. You have been told exactly how to tell one from the other 
and just what to do if you become confused. Why then do you persist in learning not such simple things? The very next paragraph starts out with, there is a reason, <laughs> there is a reason, um, <clears throat> but confuse it not with difficulty in the simple things salvation asks you to learn. So, we jump down to paragraph three, and it's talking about the learning that, how complex what learning it is that we learned to the to be in the world like just just an amazing feat it says it says it it actually you know compares it in one in one place to the holy like it like dwarfs the holy spirits the holy spirit's voice seems small and still before its magnitude of what we taught ourselves to learn that that you know that the son of god is separate from his source so um paragraph three no one who understands what you have learned how carefully you learned it and the pains to which you went to practice and repeat the lessons endlessly in every form you could conceive of them could ever doubt the power of your learning skill there is no greater power in the world. That's in the world, of course. The world was made by it, and even now depends on nothing else. The lessons you have taught yourself have been so overlearned and fixed, they rise like heavy curtains to obscure the simple and the obvious. What we've taught ourselves actually greatly greatly obscures the obvious. Say not, you cannot learn them. For your power to learn is strong enough to teach you that your will is not your own. Your thoughts do not belong to you, and even you are someone else. So that's, that's I'm going to go back and read that again. So our power to learn has taught us an incredible feat for your power to learn is strong enough to teach you that your will is not your own. Your thoughts do not belong to you. And even you are someone else. That's, that's how powerful that, that, that thought is. The lessons that we have taught ourselves. <clears throat> Who could maintain these let that these lessons who could maintain that lessons such as these are easy? Yet you have learned more than this. You have continued taking every step, however difficult, without complaint, until a world was built that suited you. And every lesson that makes up the world arises from the first accomplishment of learning. And this is, this is the great, this is the zinger. An error, an, an enormity so great, this is the first accomplishment of learning, an enormity so great the Holy Spirit's voice seems small and still before its magnitude. The world began with one strange lesson, powerful enough to render God forgotten, 
and his son an alien to himself. In exile from the home where God himself established him. You who have taught yourself the son of God is guilty. Say not that you cannot learn the simple things salvation teaches you. Hey, Gigi, good to see you. Hey, and so um, the simple things that God, that God has, uh, has asked us, of us, salvation teaches us the simple things. So as a part, to give us a practical, you know, I always like practical stuff, of course, um, to give us just a practical response to like how we respond to temptation. Um, I, I, I really, I like the rules for decision. And so I'd like to go, I'd like to go there right now to the rules of decision and just br briefly review those rules. And uh, the chapter is chapter 30, which is the new beginning. It's a great title. So chapter 30, the new beginning, page 625, 625. And I'll just read the introduction. The new beginning, chapter 30, the new beginning, introduction. The new beginning now becomes the focus of the curriculum. The goal is clear. We know we already want to, re we know we, we want God and nothing else. But now you need specific methods for attaining it. The speed by which it can be reached depends on this one thing alone. Your willingness to practice every step. Your willingness to practice every step. One thing alone. And together, will these steps lead you from dreams of judgment to forgiving dreams and out of pain and fear. They are not new to you, but they are more ideas than rules of thought to you as yet. So now we need to practice them a while until they are the rules by which you live. We seek to make them habits now so you will have them ready for whatever need. And of course, whatever needs seems seem to appear pretty regularly. <laughs> but to get into the rules, the rules of decision, um, it starts paragraph one in, in, in section one, rules for decision. Decisions are continuous. You do not always know when you are making them. But with a little practice with the ones you recognize, a set begins to form, which sees you through the, re the rest. It is not wise to let yourself become preoccupied with every step you take. The proper set, adopted consciously each time you wake, will put you well ahead. So, we're going to skip down to paragraph two, first rule of decision. Today, I will make no decisions by myself. Now, understand... All of this is going contrary to our, 
to our ego existence survival, our body survival. It's clearly from the outgo, it is very contra, contra to that, the whole thought system of, of, of the body, the ego. So, so I understand when we say when we wake up and we say that, that's a pretty big thing to be able to, to be able to do that. Today, I will make no decisions by myself. Rule one. This means that you are, not, that, that you are choosing not to be the judge of what to do. How hard is that? In a world where you got to get some things done. But, um, but it also must mean, but it must also mean you will not judge the situations where you will be called upon to make response. And I find that, it, that that's that that's where I get in really deep is I start to look and I say, you know, why is this happening to me or why me? You know, like I start to question the whole validity of the whole construct of the situation. It's like this should not be happening to me. This should not be happening to me. Today I will make no decisions by myself. Throughout the day, at any time you think of it, and have a quiet moment for reflection, tell yourself again the kind of day you want, the feelings you would have, the things you want to happen to you, and the things you would experience and say. Now, I guess kind of a caution here is, you know, I don't think this is about manifesting, right? I guess in a broader sense, maybe, but, you know, what we're manifesting is the Holy Spirit's. We're manifesting God's will through the Holy Spirit's response to us, through our response to the Holy Spirit. So if I make, rule number two, if I make no decisions by myself, this is the day that will be given me. So you know you'll have peace. You know whatever happens, whatever might get you off kilter, you're not going, you know you're going to come back. You're going to come back to center just fine because, because you, you, followed, you followed this rule up front. Decision rule number three. I have no question. I forgot what to decide. Now, that's, that's a little trickier, I think. I have... I have no question I forgot what to decide. So the text says that remember once again the day you want and recognize that something has occurred that is not part of it. An upset. An upset came along. Something has occurred that is not part of that. Then realize you have asked a question by yourself and must have set an answer in your terms already. So we've already given Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the construct for how to solve our problem, our upset. And the, the response is, I have no question. I forgot what to decide. I have no question. I don't even know the question to ask because I don't even know the reason I'm upset. It's not for the reason I think that I might think with, with, with my brain. It's not that reason. So I have no question. I forgot what to decide. 
And what this does is it cancels out any terms that you have set so that you've already set the inertia for, I've, I've got this God, I'll solve this on my own ways. So it cancels out any time of any type of inertia that you've set for terms that you've already set and lets the answer show you that the question, what the question must have really been. Kind of interesting. The next, the next rule. If you are so unwilling to receive, you cannot even let your question go. You can begin to change your mind with this. At least I can decide I do not like what I feel now. So I can, I can decide that. We're, and we're all perfectly capable at this part in our study of the course to say, I, I'm, I might be totally wrong about everything. <laughs> I, I really might be wrong about this. And I, and I don't like what I feel now. So I can't give up, I can't give up the path that I've chosen to solve this. I don't know and I don't recognize that I don't even know what, what the question is. But at least I can say, decide, hey, I do not like, I am not at peace. I am definitely not at peace here. And I can decide that. So I don't like what I feel now. So the next step, and so I hope I have been wrong. Having decided that you do not like the way you feel, what could be easier than to continue with, okay, I don't like the way I feel. I'm being honest about that. I don't like the way I feel. I'm not at peace. And so the next step is, is, is an ancillary to that is, is, is great segue. I hope I've been wrong. And so I hope I have been wrong. And we can do that. We can, we can actually do that. So I hope I have been wrong. This works against the sense of opposition. So your natural opposition is, I know exactly what's, what I'm upset about and I, I know how, and I know where to go to solve it. That's our, natural, that's our natural inclination. And so I hope I have been wrong. I really do. Then down to paragraph 11, this tiny grain of wisdom will suffice to take you further. You are not coerced, but merely hope to get a thing you want. And you can say in perfect honesty, I want another way to look at this. I think that's, you know, that's the, uh, that's the famous Bill and Helen, you know, Bill saying, you know, Please, you know, I, I, I want another way to look at this. And we all know that works. I just, please, God, show me another way. Show me another way. Now you have changed your mind about the day and have remembered what you really want. Its purpose has no longer been obscured by the insane belief you want it for the goal of being right when you are wrong. Because you're clearly not at peace, so you know you've decided something in error. You've, you've decided something in error, and it's not producing peace for you. So if we can be honest at that point, 
I want another way to look at this. And we know in sincerity that that always gets answered in sincerity with, with willingness that that will always be answered. So the final step down paragraph 12, the final step is but acknowledgement of lack of opposition to be helped. Acknowledgement of lack of opposition to be helped. That's pretty big. It is a statement of an open mind, not certain yet, but willing to be shown. And the final step on the top of page 628, perhaps there is another way to look at this. What can I lose by asking? We know what we, you know, we know intellectually we, we, we can lose, you know, that we absolutely have nothing to sacrifice to gain everything. But to really ask that question in sincerity is, is perhaps there is another way to look at this. What can I lose by asking? Am I willing to be wrong about everything that I've ever thought? Just to be incredibly, immensely joyous and at peace. It's really nothing. It's really sacrificing nothing, but it certainly does not occur to us in the moment when we're having the upset. So those are the rules for decision. And I know it was a couple of years ago, it's just so helpful, I think, in a practical way for like, you know, no, no matter where you're, if you wake up and you're having a great day and you decide not to make any decisions by yourself that day and it, and it works and, and it can, I believe, you know, that's, that's wonderful. But if, if you're already derailed and you're off track and, and you're not seeing clearly because you're not at peace, these other rules kick in and kind of help us, really, really work us through an upset to where, to where it's, it's resolved. It's totally resolved. And all, all the form lines up, you know, as Jesus says is, you know, I, I will take care of form if you're willing to, to give me this fully through your willingness. If you're, if you're willing to give it over to me, I'll take care of everything else. I'll work through the whole rest of that situation. If you have any other concerns, they will, they will, be, they will be addressed completely. And we know when we experience that, it works. But what is it that it takes? You know, it, it takes that brave, courageous moment to, to say, I, I don't know what this is about. I don't know what it's for. Please, God. Help me look at this differently. Help me see it differently. The last, you know, going into the last rule, perhaps there is another way to look at this. What can I lose by asking? It's not really asking us to even give up anything, to accept another view, to accept the heal, to accept the, the correct perception or the... Um, the Holy Spirit's version. 
it's not really asking us to give up anything. Just what can I lose by asking? We're already, we're already at the bottom. We're miserable anyway. We know how that is. You got nothing to lose. <laughs> I was curious, does anybody have any questions or comments about any of those seven steps or any examples of you tried this lately and it worked? Or maybe you tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> They're good too. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Steven. I wrote them all down one by one. Tried to understand it as best as possible. Did it a few days. No go for me. Uh, the first, the first uh, part uh, today, I will make no decisions by myself. I do that one regularly. But I just do that one every once in a while throughout the day if I'm doing that on that particular day. Um, for me, uh, this is a little too uh, complicated. Um, it's, it's very similar to uh, setting the goal. I think that's in chapter 17. It's, it's very similar to, uh, to the three steps of fit, forgiveness. Uh, and it's exactly what Jesus says in here over and over and over. Um, give it over to him. Uh, um, ask Jesus for help and walk with Jesus all day. And do not interfere. Um, it worked like me, like that for me, kind of like that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Anybody else have any real-world stories or out-of-the-world stories? What would that be? <laughs> um, In-your-right-mind story? Well, just some help with, um, I know he's never talking about behavior, and yet he says, the things you want in uh, on 626 paragraph four, the things you want to have to happen. Wait, the things you want to happen to you and the things you experience. So it almost sounds like, you know, he's talking about things that happen to you versus the way, you know, I know that what you want to do is you want to say, okay, COVID-19's here. Okay, California wildfires are here. All right, that's the way it is. And I'm just going to be happy because that's the way it is. And, you know, but those are the things that are happening. And those are the things that, let's say, I experience. So if I make those decisions by myself, this is the day that will be given to me. I mean, I know it's your, I want to say, I want to use the word attitude, but it, it really sounds like he's saying that it's going to change, like, like you were saying, Jim, it sounds like you're manifesting, manifesting a day where things that happen to you are really nice and unicorns and rainbows. When, you know, I've got COVID-19 and California fires and the air's brown. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've got to have the happy, um, joyful, uh, you know, uh, experience even with that or to forgive the COVID-19 and forgive the fires and realize they're not there. As Tim would say, I'm the puppeteer outside dancing around the Ross character who thinks he's in smoke and COVID-19. So it's kind of a tricky sentence there, huh? Yes. And, you know, again, like, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that I 
I said it properly or phrased it properly, but again, you know, it's kind of like, are we manifesting the Holy Spirit or are we manifesting the will of God? It's not like manifesting specific things in form we want, right? Like, it clearly wouldn't be that. Right. But it sounds like that's what it's saying. Yeah. Tough sentence. All the things you want to happen to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want COVID-19 and I don't want fires. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I got. <laughs> yeah. Can you be at peace? Yeah. Right. Yeah. The other night, Bruce Brickman was up in, up in Oregon at his house and it looked like they were kind of like packing up their house or doing some form of that. And he was on, on our call, you know, on our zoom call. And it was, you know, so it was kind of some, some interesting revelations coming from his particular situation, you know, like what it is really about, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great way to keep you thinking the body's real because you could get burned up. <laughs> yeah. I like it in the first paragraph, um, paragraph one, page 625, he said, line seven, he says, don't fight yourself. If the sentence before that, if you find resistance strong and dedication weak, you're not ready. Just go back to bed. <laughs> just, just give it up. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that's, along the lines of, you know, you can't do anything anyway. So yeah, if you're not in the right, if you're not in the right frame of reference, you're just gonna, you're just gonna uh, cause yourself pain. Lynn? Um, what I sort of realized for myself is that this is really addressing how much attached I am to determining how I feel by what's going on. Mm. It's practically impossible for me to feel okay about the virus, to feel okay when there's fires, to feel okay with the political. And so um, if I'm, if I have, if I have in any way thinking that those things have to change in order for me to have the kind of day I want, I'm sunk. And it's, so it is a complete, reversal of my thinking that's that's having to take place here and um and to and to make the connection with i'm here because i wanted all of this drama and all of this stuff so that i i, I wanted it and i'm and i'm still thinking that that's the way things are i've forgotten that that i don't really want this and and so I'm the kind of day I want is that interior day, which from that space, hopefully, then I can move through all of these things that seem so troubling in a way that's peaceful within and also in my relationships. But that's just that, that um, you know, every day the news is just, I mean, people are reveling and bringing these things to my attention where the world is falling apart. And I'm more than willing to go there too much of the time at mind wandering. I mean, I've just become 
So anyway, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And we we forget about that cause and effect relationship. You know, we we completely forget it's a, it's exactly the opposite of way our body's eyes construct reality. You know that we we have actually invited in exactly exactly the experience. I think there's there's somewhere in the course where it gives a nice little paragraph about you know I'm having the experience exactly the experience that I have invited. You know, kind of like almost like a and, and it's like just the opposite of the responsibility of what the body's eyes want to see. But but the fact that, yeah, that that is all a creation or a miscreation, however, we're experiencing it at the time of of our mind, right mind, wrong mind. I was at a course meeting way back when I've been told this story in a while where uh, somebody brought up if, if you could have two magic wands, um, one magic wand, you could just touch whatever it was out there, Harry Potter style, and make it into what you wanted. And the other magic wand, you could just point it yourself, and whatever happened out there, you would still be peaceful. <laughs> that magic wand is basically the course of miracles, but I mean... So, uh, but which, and so there was one lady that was pretty honest. She said, I want the one where you touch things out there and they go my way. <laughs> Not very course-like, but that was pretty honest. <laughs> so and, and that sentence that, well, the situation Lynn Altman was talking about and, and Ross was pointing about, uh, like, the, tell yourself the kind of day you want. Well, I want a peaceful day no matter what happens. Whatever comes my way, whatever things happen, I want to be able to be peaceful about it. Because I have no control over anything out there. <laughs> I, you know, I can't change COVID. I can't change the weather. I can't change the fires. You know, I, but whatever things come my way, I'll be all right with them. I'll be peaceful. Mm -hmm. I won't react. Yeah. 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 To, to to Ross's point, you know, uh, as a body, yeah, I don't want any of it. I don't want. Um, but the course is trying to teach us. Um, uh, either way, uh, you know, I want a, a day that uh, uh, gives me all the things I want, or I don't want a day that gives me all the things I want. I'm still making the body the center of my focus and, and, and what we're trying to learn here is that we're minds and we're decision-making minds. I think the whole purpose of the rules for decision is to always be choosing the Holy Spirit, always be choosing that one teacher that can show us uh, that we're not actually here. You know, how do you find joy in a joyless place? Ultimately, you realize that this is not where you are, that you are a mind and you reside in, in the mind of God. That's a real change versus, you know, how do I want things to go in the world? Well, then I'm still in the world. You know, I'm still believing this is, this is my location. And, and it's not. Yeah, of course, it's a, a tough thing to learn because as, as uh, um you know, uh, we read in the very beginning, Jim read to us, we've taught ourselves that this is reality and we still want to be right about it. That's what's being undone, wanting to be right about it, being 
reality being something. It's nothing. I mean, it's hard for us to accept it's nothing, but it's nothing. <laughs> Stephen? Um, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, real quickly, the, uh, the rules are of decision, uh, I don't know if I made it clear, but it's tremendously helpful. Um, but for me, it's helpful in what happens in what I call the dance of the ego. I mean, this is the back and forth. This, for me, this is, the, this is what I do. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I have a question. No, wait a minute. I don't have a question. It's the, it's the looking that Watney talks about so much and the Course talks about so, so much. Uh, but when, when I had my list, I had on a little piece of paper and I, when I kept going through it, it was too much ego for me. Uh, and and it, was, it was exasperating because I was spending so much time with the ego. And I found that if I just did that, that, that first part, uh, today I will make no decisions uh, all by, you know, by myself. Uh, that's really all I, I needed. I, I think this is gonna be uh, very helpful for mo most. Uh, but but this uh, you know as as uh, Manuel says it's this is a highly uh, individualized uh, curriculum and for me it was really good in looking at the ego uh, but it 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 uh, it was so exasperating and and so irritating to me I had to look at different other other different parts of the course thank you yeah thanks Stephen I remember I remember Tim actually having a shortened version one page version actually laminated and gave it out to, to us in a class. And I kept that in my book for, I think, a year. And it was so great because I, I didn't always remember one. Remember the day you want to have. But when I was in an upset, I could go back and I could, and literally I, I, I could, you know, I could allow myself uh, to see it differently. I, by walking through that that series that series of steps, I could I could any upset that I ever encountered, if I was sincere, I could sit down and 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 actually get out of it, or it could it could be taken away from me. Would be a better way to say that. So, yeah, Tony, yeah. I was just yeah, going to say that um you know it's, it's interesting that we have to practice to surrender <laughs> we have to practice how to do nothing to, to know that that we can just give it all over to the holy spirit because if if we don't do that first thing in the morning we'll automatically be in default mode would be the ego so like it says um we we can't make decisions by ourselves we're either making them with the ego or the holy spirit so if we don't you know, set our intention that now I'm going to do it with the Holy Spirit today, we're automatically going to be doing it with the ego. So, you know, we have to just keep practicing and practicing it until that becomes the norm, you know, the new default <laughs> that we're resetting at everything. But it's interesting, you know, we have to learn how, how to just let, to, to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And, and it's true when, um, I know when I, set my do that you know really do that every day and i i just kind of surrender and say you know let me see the christ in everyone let me see um holy encounters and and when you do that you set that goal of peace then whatever happens like it says somewhere that that'll be um you'll know that that 
everything becomes a means for that. So, um, because you've set the goal. So regardless what happens, if you really believe that you've turned it over to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's leading you to peace, then regardless if it's something that might seem, well, I don't understand how that's going to contribute to the goal of peace, but, but it'll have a different, um, you'll just see it differently and you'll overlook things or you just, it won't bother you as much because you have set that goal. So that's what I found anyway, that my day does tend to go a lot better. Um, you know, maybe the same things would happen, but you just don't get upset about them when you really make that uh, the goal in the morning to let the Holy Spirit be the guide. Thanks, Tony. Mm -hmm. Monica? Uh, yeah, that's really true. The, um, I, I agree with that. When I start the day, um, giving my day to the Holy Spirit, it's a smooth day. It's usually quite an uneventful day. I, you know, maybe the most eventful thing would be I saw a few minutes of American Ninja Warrior, and uh, you know that's that's plenty exciting on a on a good day. But when I decide that I want to run the day, um, things just get crazier and crazier, and um, and then I start paying attention to the insanity in the world, and it. I remember uh, a few years back, I was living in a place called Topanga Canyon, and there was a Malibu fires were um, coming up to my property, and I was told I had to evacuate. And I remember walking around my house, looking at all my things, and um, I picked up a potted plant, and I walked around with that potted plant for a long time, and ended up leaving my house with the potted plant, my two dogs, and some dog food because I realized that nothing was important in the world, nothing. And um, I think that the opportunity when things are really grave, like they are out in the world right now, is to just say, wow, thank God, this is really intensely insane because I get the opportunity to uh, practice. And practice it by practicing, I get back to none of this is real. This is all ridiculous. That's my two cents. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Um, I, I remember listening to Ken's seminar on this and um, one of the ways he talked about the, the seven steps, the seven rules for decision where they were all the same, like kind of what Stephen was saying. <laughs> it always good. The simplicity of salvation is there's only one problem and there's only one solution. <laughs> Back in the lesson that we read, today's lesson, the only thing that makes the goal of God seem unattainable, the only thing that's keeping me from having a good day is sin, my belief in sin. Sin is the only thought that makes the goal of God seem unattainable. Lesson 79, there's only one problem, one problem period in the mind that Lynn was talking about earlier. And there's only one solution, <laughs> and that's in the mind, too. So we, we put the one problem in the mind together with the one solution, and, and, and then suddenly there's no more problem. <laughs> it's all, it all just evaporates. So let me remember there is no sin, because sin's the only thing keeping me in any given moment. Me believing in sin is keeping me from realizing I have another teacher and I could choose another way to look at all this stuff. So, yeah, they're all the same, <laughs> like Stephen was saying. 
all the same thing because there's only one problem. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is the simplicity of salvation. You just have to look at one thing, however hard that may be. However difficult it may be, it is simple. Okay, anybody else have anything? What I'd like to do is I'd like to conclude with, um, with the last paragraph on this section. It's under freedom of will. And the last paragraph is actually on page 630, paragraph five in the middle of the page. But the freedom of will is, is the section that, it's, that it concludes. So God turns to you to ask the world be saved. For by your own salvation is it healed. And no one walks upon the earth but must depend on your decision. That he learned death has no power over him because he shares your freedom as he shares your will. It is your will to heal him. And because you have decided with him, he is healed. And now is God forgiven for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Good class. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Tony, tomorrow at 10. <laughs> yes. Down time. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See ya. <laughs>